Welcome to The Real News Network. It's reality asserts itself, and we're continuing our discussion with Professor Alexander Buzgallin. Thanks for joining us again. And Professor Buzgallin is the director of the Modern Marxist Studies at Moscow State University. Why does the West, at least the Americans, and many of the Europeans, the British certainly, and it seems much of the Germans and others, the French, why do they hate Putin so much? Uh, it's, you know, they say because he's a dictator and all this. First of all, we know they love lots of dictators. Uh, there's, nobody can say they hate dictators and love the Saudis. And, and the list of dictators the Americans have loved over the decades is more than a, probably a hundred. And maybe who knows where that list ends. So it's got nothing to do with him being a dictator. Um, as you said in the previous segment, uh, for the, you know, Putin wanted to have, uh, be in the World Trade Organization and have the Russian economy more integrated into global capitalism. And that was the great thing about the horror of Soviet Union. It really was, again, they don't care about dictatorship. Soviet Union wasn't in the global capitalist system they want, the way they wanted it to be. Well, now that they got it. So, so what, what, what do they hate about it? Why, why such a fervor about the Russians are coming? First of all, I think that partly this is artificial phenomena created by uh, artificial methods. I mentioned that modern capitalism is a world of simulacra. We are buying not jacket, we are buying label. We are, we are buying not real commodity, we are buying symbol. Uh, the same in political life. Uh, Putin is a symbol of something bad because it's necessary to have symbol of something bad. It could be not symbol, not Putin, it can be anybody else. But this is only one uh, element of explanation. There is another element which I think is important. Putin himself, maybe I am not Putin, yeah, subjectively uh, thinks that he is continuing the logic of Soviet Union. In what way? Uh, make, make Russia great again. Uh, make Russia that? great again. To defeat uh, Western aggressive intentions. To protect uh, poor people in the south from uh, world imperialism. I think uh, he thinks that in Syria, he is defending poor Syrian people from aggressive US imperialism. How can I can do the same? Yeah. But bombing and slaughtering cities cannot uh, be protecting poor people. Uh, this is another question. It's like Stalin. Uh, subjectively, he was absolutely sure that he is building communism, putting uh, millions of people to the gulag. But it, but you can say, as 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 criminal as that was, there was free healthcare and free schools and this and that. There's. The actual but here in Syria, uh, not the image not is talking that, inside uh, Russia. Yeah, but the idea is, if not Russia now in Syria, it's not my opinion, but I translate what is the common space. So in Russia, a Russian mission in Syria is very simple: to protect um, modern power in Syria, because if uh, this power will be destroyed. Uh, not democracy, but uh, terrorists will have power in this country. Yeah, I think that was the logic. It was, so, in fact, in let's fact, forget in fact, about well, this. No, yeah. no, 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 let's not forget about it. Because I think when, when Putin originally goes and props up the Assad uh, regime, uh, it's mostly to stop the victory of, of uh, ISIS and the terrorists 
and, and the potential of that spilling even more into Russia. Uh, and I don't think the Americans were so against it. Uh, you know, the Obama, they needed, uh, Putin saved Obama's bacon with that uh, deal on getting chemical weapons out and so on. And, uh, you know, defeating this kind of hyper-terrorist activity one can see the logic, and of course also what you were saying earlier, standing up to NATO, even though I think to some extent the Americans in NATO, at least in the early stages, wanted Russia to play this role. Um, but let's go back. Uh, so let's finish. You asked why Putin became so dangerous for Western leaders. And I want to yeah. summarize maybe one more aspect which is important. Uh, he personally uh, looks very sympathetic for ordinary people. And uh, he has image of uh, strong, brave, decisive, uh, and in the same time, uh, kind, polite. Uh, he really loves kids, uh, animals. Uh, he makes something to protect them. And it's visible that he's doing this not artificially, not for not as, uh, I don't know, actor. And uh, Western leaders feel that uh, he is popular. But one very important aspect, uh, we had a uh, very liberal government. And in Russia, when you asked why so big popularity, it was, uh, it was game, but smart game. Uh, terrible from the point of view of reality, but smart. Uh, to show that government is making all bad and Putin is making all good. Yeah, when it was increasing of pension, it is decision of Putin. When it is a decline of budget for education, it is decision of government. And uh, even smart people said the government is terrible, Putin is very good. Uh, it's an old story, good king and bad barons. Yeah? Uh, but uh, when Putin again uh, gave uh, status of prime minister to Medvedev, who was before, and uh, rebuilt again all these neoliberal leaders in all ministries, now I think popularity of Putin became much less, much less. I, I've often thought, and tell me if, if this is true, that at the end of this decade of the 90s and the free-for-all grabbing of assets by the oligarchs and the rise of the Russian oligarchy, that the, the Americans, who certainly supported Yeltsin and had a finger in this, I'm not saying the decisive finger, but certainly their hand is on the scale, uh, they thought they were going to wind up with more of these assets and more of the direct ownership and more of direct control of the, uh, the financialization, the finance sector. And as this Russian state starts to emerge with Putin, uh, they don't get uh, an open field day in Russia. The, the state pushes back on that. And uh, is that sort of the underpinnings of this antagonism? Yes, it's also a very important aspect. Yes, you're absolutely right. And why in Russia we don't have support to liberal opposition? First of all, because nobody believes that they will bring real democracy. Uh, for majority, it will be just blah, blah, blah. And uh, we didn't discuss, by the way, question what is democracy in modern Russia, <laughs> and is it uh, absent or yes, but maybe quickly. Uh, first of all, uh, you're right, uh, modern state protect uh, more or less interests of Russian uh, capital. And uh, this is one of the reasons why West doesn't like Russia. And this is one of the reasons why people feel that he is not so bad for Russia. 
I mean, not Putin himself, but the whole system of his power, or power which is led by Putin, better to say. And finally, I want to stress that uh, in Russia we have uh, also, uh, in some aspects, positive critique of uh, capitalism under the slogan of critique of Western style of life. We have anti-Western propaganda, but in some aspects, this is anti-liberal and anti-capitalist propaganda. And people uh, react positively on this. So this is also an aspect why it is popular. And finally, maybe a few words about political situation. Well, let me ask Russia. the question. Yes, of uh, So we talked a little bit about who the opposition is. And, and, and I'll ask again, why isn't there a more of a sort of progressive, social democratic opposition? And to what extent is the lack thereof because of political repression and, and you know, certain candidates aren't allowed to run or, or fear, I don't know. Why isn't there more of a, not a pro-Western liberal opposition, but a, a domestic indigenous opposition to the oligarchy? So first of all, I want to ask all people who are watching us, uh, listening to us, why in the United States you don't have left social democratic opposition? Well, there is. Yeah. No, there is. Uh, you know, the Sanders phenomena, it has its limits, but it is a sort of progressive well, social democratic opposition. Uh, we, we'll see whether it ever gains any real power, but there's something there. Uh, but, uh, and you, it's new. Uh, yes, it's uh, relatively new, but uh, again, uh, let's look on the results. And, of in the Europe, and in Europe, you've had different attempts at it. And, you know, yes, Labour, but, Labour Party uh, in the UK, and you've got, had okay, the demos uh, and so there on. There are some moral less. They exist. Yeah, more or less uh, left uh, in some countries among opposition. But generally speaking, more or less, uh, better less than, uh, more than less, uh, left social democratic opposition as faction in the parliament exists only in uh, Germany, the Linke. Well, and, and, and UK. In the UK, the Labour Party is not left. Well, some even of the, with, the Corbyn section is. Even so. Corbyn section yeah. is not uh, relatively influential. Let's hope. So, and uh, there's, some, there's something move. there, and that okay. something in doesn't... Russia, we have something also. We have Communist Party of Russian Federation with 15% of the seats. And we have uh, every month intentions to... Um, implement to introduce law with uh, devoted to the increase of spendings for budget to have progressive income tax uh, i'm sorry i'm tired to increase uh, spendings for education from the budget to uh, introduce uh, progressive income tax to change labor code to support labor owned enterprises so communist party is doing this all time we have governors who are members of communist party uh, in regions, and they're trying to do something with very restricted potential, but still, yeah. So such type of opposition we have. Uh, and uh, we had 15% of quasi-businessmen, quasi-left person in last presidential elections. It's not nothing. And if elections will be more or less uh, democratic, even according to Western standards, he can have 30%. So, and are they? Yeah. I mean, to, the, to what extent does the Communist Party have freedom to operate uh, so, and, and compete uh, and contend? It's, I think the potential, the possibilities are more or less the same like in the United States and less than Europe. 
Because in the United States, we can have such debates in real news, but I don't know if we can have such debates in the main TV channels of the United States. Certainly not. Ah, and in Russia, we can. Buzgalin uh, was uh, during last uh, half a year, maybe five, six times in first channel, in second channel, no, not in first, second channel, fifth channel culture, uh, and some other channels of Russian TV. It's not me. Yeah, During the election campaign, even Bernie Sanders, who stays within the kind of framework of mainstream politics, got very little uh, television time. I mean, Trump got way more. Yeah, so, but uh, this is more or less normal for a situation when capital, corporate capital has global hegemony. And this theory of global hegemony of capital is not nothing. It's true. So uh, we have some space for opposition. Uh, but uh, this is very restricted space, and typically you can criticize neoliberal course of the government. You can criticize model of economic system, even political system. But if you criticize directly Putin, it's possible to do only in uh, two radio stations, which are uh, very liberal, by the way, <laughs> and not very good. Or in communist newspapers. We have uh, Soviet Russian newspaper, Sovetska Russia, and this newspaper is 100,000 copies, popular national newspaper, and it is very critical about everything what is doing by leaders in our country. So it's not nothing, uh, but uh, if you make something serious, you can be in the prison. And when we had the demonstration of the protest in Balotna Square in 2012, uh, liberals, um, and uh, officials made two provocations independently. Liberals put all left young people in front, and they honestly started to attack police. And uh, officials uh, create atmosphere when it was open battle with police, and these young boys were uh, punished for the attack on policemen. It's necessary to see these guys and policemen, and so they beat it to police. Uh, they were four years in prison. Only now liberated. So that's why we have big contradictions, of course. We, we started this segment about why the Americans and much of the West hates Putin. Um, it seems like a, a very convenient, uh, morbid dance that serves both elites' domestic public opinion, this antagonism between the US and the, and the Russians. Uh, I will add maybe one detail. You're right, it really, I think we explained as much as we can, as much I can. Uh, but um, again, I think the main reason why in Russia we have support uh, to Putin and why in the, among Western elites there is so negative relation towards Putin is uh, foreign policy. Or better to say, the global system of hegemony of capital, uh, which is based in, let's say, Washington and uh, Brussels. This Brussels-Washington union of uh, transnational corporations with NATO forces and all system, including mass media, including Hollywood movies and so on, all this system uh, had during 25 years no obstacles. And no one was brave enough to say no to them and to beat them. So first time it was when Putin made something definitely against them. And uh, it was risk that he will be punished. That they will send, I don't know, spy who will kill him. Even though, why not? And I, I, sh I think I should add, 
I don't think it's just propaganda positioning here. The, the sort of fundamental American military doctrine after World War II was to have a single superpower world and a single nuclear superpower world. And uh, they thought they had that with the fall of the Soviet Union, that they had now a single superpower world. And out of that chaos of the 90s, I, th I think the West must have thought they were going to wind up with a subservient Russian state, you know, a Yeltsin-type subservient yeah. state. And the fact they don't get that, uh, now they're back. It's, it may not be an economic competitor superpower, but it's still got a nuclear arsenal. Uh, yeah, and uh, serious proportions. It's, uh, for local conflicts, Russia is strong enough uh, to... Big military. Yeah, yeah. to... Uh, be the, I don't know, opposition to U.S. or NATO uh, active uh, military actions. For the same reason they don't like Iran. Yeah. Iran's just too big a player regionally, so it's not, they don't need, it doesn't have to be a global competitor. They don't want regional competitors. Yeah, plus uh, if uh, China, India, and Russia together will create alliance, it will be enormously important global player. There is a big question mark for big debates. Is it a good idea or a bad idea uh, for, for the left, for the progress? I'm not afraid of these big words. Uh, to have, instead of one killer cop, two killer cops. Or three. Or three killer cops. Yeah. yeah, this is a big question mark. Of course, it's better to have communist revolution everywhere, but it's not solution of the problem today. And with Russia, this is a big question mark, because Russia is not a progressive country, and I'm not a supporter of uh, economic, social, political system in my country. I'm in opposition all my life. And maybe final fragment we will devote to the left opposition, uh, the intellectual and political independent opposition. We are not big, but we are. Uh, we exist. So, and uh, generally speaking, I think it is a topic for debates. Uh, if left can and must support not progressive, uh, but uh, maybe even reactionary, but opposition to hegemony of global capital? This is a big question mark, and let's uh, put question mark and ask everybody to react and to write us and to criticize us or support us, whatever they want, you want. Listeners, uh, people who are watching us. All right, thank you, and please join us for the next segment of our series of interviews with Professor Alexander Buzgalin on The Real News Network.